With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, we got a new contest for you over at the Hockey Podcast Network. Want a chance to win $200? Listen up. Join us in the first annual THPN NHL Draft Lottery Contest. So with the playoffs just around the corner, so comes the chance to see where the teams sit in the draft lottery. THPN has teamed up with Tankathon and Cool Hockey to bring you another great opportunity to get some free merch. Rules are pretty simple, so here we go. Step one, head over to www.tankathon.com NHL and click Sim Lottery. Now, folks, you can resim the lottery as many times as you would like to get what you believe to be the actual NHL draft lotto outcome come early April. Step two, when you get what you believe is the winner, screenshot your top 15 outcome and post it in the comments for the contest tweet found on the THPN Twitter account. Post your entry, tag a friend, and retweet. It's that simple, folks. Contestants must follow the following Twitter accounts. At HockeyPodNet, at Tankathon, at CoolHockey to qualify. In the event of a tie, those tied will be entered into a draw, winner selected randomly. Only one submission per Twitter account. Contest ends April 4th. Good luck. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Devil's Advocates Rebuilding Hell Podcast, brought to you by the generous folks over at the Hockey Podcast Network. We have another exciting, informative, and well, fuck it, rant-filled podcast coming your way. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoy All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of The Devil's Advocates. I'm joined along with Shane, as always. Shane, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great, man. Uh, we have a treat. You know, this is a special episode for everybody. Uh, you hear them in the beginning and the end of, of every episode, and most likely most episodes on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're joined with the smooth-talking, lovely voice of Tom. Tom's here today of Blue Notes, and uh, I can't wait to talk. You know, uh, it was a crazy game uh, Friday, and um, I'm sure Tom's got some funny things to talk about. You know, very insightful man. The so, uh, areas voice <laughs> of the hockey wow. podcast. It's like Duke Corey's so- just being nice to everyone. But I know, dude. The, Shane, the guy, Shane, man, you're oh, just getting tired of me. You know, the season's almost over. You can at least fake it a couple more weeks. Well, I mean, this. I mean, Shane. I'll go back. I'll go back to 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 how we started, Shane. I'm sorry. I, I you you are owed so much more than that. I'm sorry. I mean, Shane. I mean, Shane. You want to talk about nice? I mean, this freaking guy called me the Morgan Freeman of of the Hockey Podcast Network. I mean, how do I live up to that? You don't. 
No, <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm trying, but I'm stretching out my rotator cuff, reaching, you know, for that for that uh, that high trophy. Yeah, that's that, that's all the way in the the top shelf for the mama hides the cookies. Oh, that's right, and <laughs> and, and, and grandpa hides the cough medicine. Oh man, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Next episode, I'm gonna have to come up with like I'm, I'm gonna write like a speech intro and Shane because uh, the last episode. <laughs> I accidentally called him a guest because I was oh, so excited. No. I was so excited <laughs> to talk about uh, him being on television. This is <laughs> my show. Shane, you're just a guest. You know, at least, he re- at least he referenced me as a co-host this time, not as a guest. So <laughs> at least that's improvement. Yeah, clearly, after getting demoted that I didn't even know oh, about. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, he's, he literally, he's just like, wow, man. I mean, I'm on every episode. I'm like, what did I say? Oh, fuck. you know what i'm sure he's been called worse yeah yeah i have well uh two before we even get into it so i got something really cool for you guys you know uh all three of us are are really jersey fanatics hell yeah oh Uh, yeah so i got in contact so it's a little it's a little bump to this guy uh i'm gonna look him up as i'm telling the story because i want to get his his uh instagram correct but i was contacted by this guy who sent me Earlier this year, or, oh, I'm sorry, earlier in 2019, uh, you know, with the new year coming over, I, I get confused every now and then. But anyway, that's not surprising. Uh, he, <laughs> he sends me, uh, he sends me some pictures of he's got uh, all four of the original uh, New Orleans brass logo pucks, um, and he was like, "Hey man, I figured you'd like this," and oh, uh, it, it blew me away to see something cool like that. You know, uh, especially with with New Orleans hi- history and hockey doesn't span that far, but you know. Um, I didn't go to but like one or two games. I was very young, um, but you know to see that really, uh, really jogged my memory and made me think about it. And uh, I was, I was just really excited to see that again. And, and me and him had been talking for a while, but um, he ended up sending sending me a message the other day. So, so this is his name, folks. So you can, uh, if you want to check him out, it's on Instagram at the Joy Puck Club. Um, very awesome man. That sounds like a weird name. Not gonna lie. Very, yeah. Hey man, and it's just a joy. Joy Luck Pucks. Club, Joy Puck Cub, you yeah, know, right, Club. Yeah, well, I get it. Illiterate. <laughs> well, uh, this man. Uh, Is it the Joy Puck Club? Joy Puck Club. It's a yep. it's a puck with this man's face on it. Very awesome of- guy. Joy well, anyway, Puck get get into get into the meat of the story. Man sends me a um. Uh, you know, a quick little DM, kind of like what Tom did. You know, Tom's cleaning out his closet, needs to get rid of a couple jersey he he's hasn't worn. Um, he's like, "Look, man, um, I figured I'd reach out to you first because you're always asking me if if you can if I if if I know where to find any New Orleans hockey merch." Uh, sends me a picture, and he's like, Are, "Would you be interested in something like this?" They never been worn New Orleans brass jersey. Ooh. Ooh. And I'm already, Ooh. I'm already like, uh, can't afford pink. it. But like, this is something I've been looking for for a very long time. Guys, like, look, I, I'd, I'd like to extend, you know, you the first chance at, uh, at getting this. I'm about to send to, you know, a couple of jersey heads some, some other jerseys that I'm trying to get rid of. But this one's never been worn. Uh, definitely, I'll never fit in it. But uh, this is something that I've, I've wanted to have in a, in a display. You know, put yeah. up in a. Um, in a frame in my room somewhere along and, with the uh, pucks maybe you know that man that would that, this could look really cool man yeah so uh i don't have the pucks yet you know but 
But I think the biggest thing that I wanted is to start to get a, a really good uh, Louisiana hockey jersey collection going on. And this man literally just slid into the DMs and was just like, look, man, I got something that you've probably been looking for for a while. And my day went from uh, a little upset because it was the anniversary <laughs> of my friend's death. Uh, it's Ooh, been rough. four years. Yeah. So, so like I was telling Tom, it was like it wasn't a great day that day. But this man kind of made my day a little bit easier. And uh, not going to lie, I bought it. <laughs> hey, you're going to have to send me the link for him because I can't find it on Instagram. Yeah, no problem. I'll send it. Uh, but, yeah, you guys check out uh, at Joy Puck Club. It's at, uh, at the Joy Puck Club, I believe. I'm sorry. Uh, that's um, why. That, that's a very important Yeah, that, that's a big right thing. There. So it's at the Joy Puck Club. Guy is always posting um, – just really, really cool pucks that he's collected over the years. Like, uh, so apparently the Everblades uh, did a thing the other night and they swapped their team name for the night for uh, a conservation night to the Swamp Apes. And I'm not going to lie, uh, the logo looks just as sick as the Everblades. So, uh, you know, he's, he's really quick on finding cool stuff like that. And this guy's just got a massive collection of pucks. Yeah, and I – I really want to see you build up a Louisiana hockey jersey collection there by you because I don't know if anyone else on this planet can say they have a Louisiana hockey jersey collection. You would be a one of a kind. Yeah, so I have my uh, I have my Mudbugs jersey. Uh, so I, I, I'm I'm one of of one of four right now. You know, I'd nice. like to get uh, I got the brass coming in, so I'll have two. Um, and then I want to get a Louisiana Drillers, and then I'd like to get the original Louisiana ice skaters and then the second the second version of them because they, they two different logos from two different eras I'd like to get both of those and I'll have a complete set <laughs> yeah, I, I love to get love, an old school Binghamton jersey yeah mm. I love the way I love the way by the way the joy puck club guy he has his Instagram set up I mean it is nothing but pucks yeah, it's great. And it's, it's just so many cool things. Like, I'm looking at one here. The Birmingham Bulls versus the 1980 U.S. Olympic team. This would have been – and the date of this matchup was November 8th, 1979. So, this was before the uh, Miracle on Ice. I mean, wow. I mean, how, how random is that? Yeah, his collection is awesome. And he's got really just crazy one-of-a-kind pucks. Uh, also, for Shane – I haven't found the uh, the St. John's flame jersey you're looking for, but I did find a puck, and if I can secure it, I'll send it to Canada. So, is it the, a little bump the, for you? It's got it's it got the, the dragon on it. So, wait, yeah. what? Where? How? What? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was doing a little late night uh, eBay eBay running for Louisiana puck uh, jerseys and pucks and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what, dude? Let me see if they got the St. John's uh, jersey with the with the the doubt with the dragon on it. Jeez, speak. Um, and I was like, if I can find it, I'll just send the link straight to straight to Shane. I did not find it, but I did find a puck. And I think the guy only wants like five to 10 bucks for it. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to, as soon as I, as soon as my next paycheck comes around, see if I can snag that for Shane. But if Shane wants to jump on it before me, that's on him. <laughs> or just, yeah. I mean, just send me the link. Yeah. I'll find it. it and uh, we'll get into it. But yeah, let's, let's get into the, the meat of this episode. You know, we have Tom on from blue notes and, um, yeah, what a game. <laughs> what a game it was indeed. Uh yeah, so the so the Devils go and stop the Blues is well, they end their winning streak at eight with uh I mean the headlines on here say with a rare loss to the Devils and uh rare indeed <laughs> for the Blues, but not for us. As of late, we've been we've been winning against very 
very solid teams in a, in a time where we maybe we shouldn't be winning so much, but uh, we we just kind of had the magic this night. Well, yeah, and, and and when they when they talk about the rare loss to the Devils, I mean it had been since uh, 2014 that the uh, Blues had lost to the Devils, so it was a mm. long time. But you know, it's it's like they say, you know, streaks are meant to be broken, you know, and that was a. Uh, had they won that, that would have been a franchise record for straight wins over any team in hockey. Wow. Would have been like 13, I think it would have been, or 12 or 13. Um, but you also get the distinction of being able to enjoy an eight-game winning streak broken, you yeah. know, in, in, in New Jersey. I mean, it's just – I think when, when these, these games kind of, you know, pop up, you know, when, you're, when your team's playing well and they're, they're streaking like this, uh, sometimes it's just the, the legs get tired under you. And they, fr- from a Blues fan perspective, I mean, they definitely look like a step or two slower uh, through, uh, Friday night against the Devils. I mean, they just didn't look, you know, quite on the jump as they always did. And uh, uh, but, I, but that being said, the Devils scored a couple whopper goals, you know, on, on, on Friday night. I mean, Jesper Bratt's goal to start off the game was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that he just got around Colton Pareko, which is not the easiest thing to do since he's like six foot six. And yeah, kind of like that iconic uh, Gordie Howe, you know, uh, keeping the puck away from the defenseman and just, and just carving in front of the goalie. Uh, it was insane. Yeah, it was. And then, and then the last one you guys got, uh, you know, where, you know, he ends up going by the net, but then like, he's like, does a spinner Rooney and, you know, backhands it by Bennington. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just, uh, you know, just, just some nights you run into a hot team, you know, and, and for, for blues fans, it's not one that we're going to wipe our brow about too much. No. Uh, but, but for us, it was a, it was a first, it was a first for uh, our young Dakota Mermis gets his first goal of a, uh, of his career. It was really awesome to see. Um, but how about that? Um, I mean, I guess it would be a little controversial, but it, it wasn't, you know, this was kind of a, a game that was starting to get out of hand, but that, uh, that Rooney goal uh, that was called back, if you guys had, had taken a look at it, it was a little, I feel like, uh, you know, Berto, Berto kind of was the reason why he even uh, ran into the pad of Bennington. Yeah, that one, you know, and, and that was the one I was referring to. I mean, I, I mean, to me, it didn't look bad. I thought that would have been a good goal personally myself. Uh, by the way, you mentioned Dakota Mermis. Uh, Dakota Mermis, I had completely forgotten, but he actually grew up around the St. Louis area. Really? Uh, he is uh, from Alton, Illinois, which is right across the river from St. Louis. And uh, he's a guy that, yeah, he came up through the – um, you know, the, the St. Louis uh, Blues juniors team that they have here in St. Louis. And then he went off to the University of Denver and he played 19 games there and decided, you know what, the Ontario Hockey League is better for me. And so he ends up going to the OHL, uh, play, plays there for a long time and then goes undrafted, ends up in Arizona. They pick him up as a free agent. And then in the offseason, before the Taylor Hall deal, he becomes a devil. And, uh, yeah, he's taken quite an odd road to get to the NHL. But, uh, you know, he, he looked pretty good Friday night. I can't deny it. Yeah, Shane, uh, any, any thoughts on Dakota Mermis? Why'd we win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we, we've no, been pushing very hard to – to not win these games. 
don't get me wrong. I'm happy that these young guys are coming up and having success. And I mean, that's what you want, right? You want these guys to come up and have success and show that they can play at this level. But at the same time, why do we have to win? Yeah, we are trying to secure a very – we're sitting at six right now uh, on Tankathon. Six so, and ten? Yeah, six, six ten, seven and I want to – seven and ten now. Oh, geez. Seven, so, yeah. ten, and seventeen. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we, we don't, we don't want to win too much more. You and know? you know what? But I'm no. actually going to run a sim as we speak on Tankathon right now. And uh, the results oh, are New New Jersey <laughs> fell two New New Jersey fell two spots to number nine. So oh, uh, no. man, so when you so when you win, you lose. Man, yeah, right I now just, this is not I just the time. Did one and Florida jumped twelve spots the first. Oh. By by the way, the first two picks in the sim I just ran, Buffalo jumped up five spots to number one. Minnesota Fuck jumped Buffalo. ten. Minnesota jumped ten spots to number two. Fuck Buffalo. They don't deserve shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and screw Minnesota, only because uh, our co-founder's not here and he does uh, that podcast, Isha Jerome. Hi, Isha. <laughs> Yo, it's funny. I ha- Okay, so my first um, my first interview or like yeah, interview or you know, being on another episode of like another host was with Dylan when the sharks came to town in ottawa and i was jo- like i was making a joke i'm like yeah well we have your first round picks i hope you guys suck thinking that you know they can never be as bad as we were this year and i haven't had a chance to have dylan on and i'm trying to and he's just ignoring me for it <laughs> <laughs> he knows you're gonna come in and just straight chirp the piss out of well yeah Fuck well, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have happened to a better franchise I'm with you on that one. I, I, I hate San Jose. I mean, I, I've hated them ever since Joe Thornton tried to commit homicide on David Perron a few years ago. Mm. Still have not no, forgiven them for that. I hate him. Can't by the way, him. think he's overrated. By the way, as we've been talking, I've been clicking Sim Lottery over and over and over again. <laughs> and on the 27th click, I finally got New Jersey to be number one. There you know go. what? This, this is what I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, Ottawa – and New Jersey pick one, two, three, and five. Arizona uh, jumps to fifth. Okay. Because their predict- pick is their pick's top three, like top three protected. Yeah, it is. I so. don't want Detroit to be a top three pick. So, you know, they've been they, slotting they, at fourth, and then you're good. Uh, of those twenty-seven clicks, I think at least fourteen or fifteen of them have had Detroit at the top. Yeah, I honestly. The only reason why I want Vancouver to make or Toronto to make the playoffs is so they don't get a chance at the lottery. Excuse yeah. me for one second, boys. Y'all keep talking. So yeah, and, and I should note by the way on on Dankathon that when I've been clicking Sim Lottery, it is New Jersey's own pick that ends up going number one. I haven't seen Arizona's uh, first go up to the top, so maybe oh, maybe, may, maybe there's hope for Lafreniere yet. Uh, I don't know. It's either Lafreniere or Rossi from for me. No Byfield? No, I don't like Byfield. Really? What what about Byfield don't you like? Um I think he's two years away from being two years away. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that, that that's not, I mean, it sounds like you're talking about someone's virginity. No, I definitely think that like he won't be in a consistent NHLer until he's like twenty two. Twenty one, twenty two. He's barely dominated the OHL on a night-to-night basis. 
he's put up points, yeah, but as the, the, he's really Sudbury's only offensive threat. But he's also, you know, hasn't been much else. He's not he, – he's too big. He doesn't skate that well. Yeah, he has the size and the skill, but he just lacks everything else. He just hasn't shown – you know, that dominance that you would expect from someone who's supposed to be second overall. And my belief is that if Marco Rossi was 6-1, putting up the numbers that he's putting up, he's the second overall pick. The only reason why Byfield is number two is because he's 6-4. Speaking of not showing dominance, Corey Schneider uh, had 30 out of 32 uh, uh, shots stopped on uh, Friday night against the Blues. That's got to be refreshing for you guys. Yeah, I think Corey's finally got, hopefully, has turned things around for him. And um, we can, uh, you know, this could rejuvenate his career. I mean, he's under contract next season. And I think if he can continue, like, finish off the year strong, going into next season with a Schneider-Blackwood combo may not be the end of the world. When's the earliest do you think you uh, the Devils could get out from under Corey's contract without it impacting them too much, like in a buyout or you know maybe tucking him into a trade somewhere? I mean, I mean, how do you escape that? Honestly, I don't think you even try. You have just no to, reason to just write it out and have him as a as your uh, backup as a highly paid backup. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you have. There is literally no reason. You have, you know, next season. They're like sitting, I think, like thirty some million dollars in cap space. Oh gosh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. they're sitting at twenty eight million dollars in cap space heading into the summer. There is yeah. no reason, you know. He has two more years. Um, yeah, you have to pay. You have to play Blackwood. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. And that's kind of where the Blues were going into the season with Jake Allen. I mean, he was a guy that, uh, you know, kind of collapsed a little bit last year Bennington took over and out Jake Allen's a guy that makes you know 4.35 mil and he's signed through next season uh he's had a great year this year but there's there's still been a lot of talk that he could move on because unlike the Devils you know the Blues they have to resign Petrangelo this offseason which that's that's a whole other topic in of itself and you know even still they're not going to have a ton of money so there's still some talk that you know hey Jake Allen, he's got a goals against average in the 2.2s. You know, he's having a pretty good year. You know, maybe now is the time that they cash in on him. So it's yeah. a, a bit of a different situation. But, I mean, the cap, like, this is also, I think, you know, on cap friendly, this is a projected cap space before the, the incre- increase of, like, anywhere between 2 to $8 million or 2 to $6 million. So they could – potentially have like 36 million dollars in cap space next season yeah i think i read something they were talking uh considering a cap between like 84 and 88 mil yeah and you know if that's the case then okay you have the that's literally blackwood's contract if it's the higher end at like that six million dollar like six million dollar increase that's basically covers blackwood's contract so there's no reason why you worry about getting rid of you know uh Corey Schneider's contract because it would just hurt you in, in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Right. Like you don't have a capable backup to replace him. And realistically, okay, who are you going to, are you going to try to get uh, Leonard? 
Like that, because that's really the only other option. Yeah, and I don't know if Leonard wants to would sign a long term deal with New Jersey. You know, no offense, but he seems like a guy that wants to play. You know, for a winner, and uh, yeah, but I think if he, I, if he wins the cup with with this this chance that he has right now, would he be inclined to to take a a, a pay like this? You know, like you. You know the Devils have a. I'm sorry the the Knights have a really good chance right now. Yeah. Uh, with the addition of him, maybe this is his chance to get his cup. Um. You know, if getting a cup, is this man willing to to join a team that's in a real a rebuild? You know. Well, I mean, if he gets offered a Bobrovsky type of a contract, oh, you know, sure. I mean, I'm sure. I'm, I, it would be hard. It would be hard for him to turn down. I mean, I, 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 I think it's very telling when Leonard, you know, gets traded from Chicago. Uh, a team that he seemed to fit in really well with. And, and, you know, the, that's the problem is that this, if honestly, I think if that, that announcement of the cap was announced before the deadline, he doesn't get traded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there, there was like a small little piece saying that, uh, that it, it was, you know, the trade was more based on money um, of, of what he wanted, you know, them not being able to, uh, to match it. And then at the same time, it's, that this is a team that that blows away their their youth, you know, very quickly uh, with with you know with big money going towards some of these older vets and maybe, you know, sh- Chicago might be finally trying to rid themselves of that uh, that you know that idea, you know, um, and, and start paying these younger guys what they deserve to keep them around. You know, I mean, fuck, they lost uh, Perron and um, uh, not Perron, Jesus, uh, Panarin. You know, yeah. so do they really want to lose, you know, these, these young guys like the Brinkett or a Kirby doc or a Kubelak, well, to be fair, they, you know, they didn't have the same control over Kubelik and doc that they have or um, the Brinkett and whatnot that they had over uh, Panarin when he was traded to Columbus. Uh, right. He was going to be a UFA at the end of the contract. Uh he would have been a like he I think he's like 27 28 yeah you know, those guys are going to be RFAs at the end of their contract so there's a lot more wiggle room right with with them but it's just uh, just a quick point uh for talking about the Schneider buyout it would add two years so it'd be a four-year cap hit but it would be a four million dollar savings so instead of twelve million dollars, it would be eight million. I don't know if that four million is really worth it over yeah. an extra two years. Right? No, it, it probably yeah. wouldn't. I mean, that's you're you're looking at the last year, if that, you know. And even then, as you said, you've got so much money in cap space. I mean, and it's all like you have. Like, why bother? Yeah, you uh, you would have. Like, my issue is though, is that you would have to protect them. For yeah. the, like, unless he was to waive it, which he probably would, I would, I'd be very hard pressed to see him not waive it. Right. I don't know. I think looking at who's available come come July first, teams are going to be there's going to be a lot of trades happening between like around July first or after July second because buyouts oh. are July second. 
Well, not only that, but it seems like the Devils are a team that could stand to benefit from, you know, other teams like a Chicago, for instance, the way that Arizona did. You know, I mean, Arizona was able to get Hinostroza uh, from the Blackhawks just because they were willing to take on Marion Hosa's contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were, uh, you know, the Coyotes also got like high first round, second round picks from Chicago because, you know, and, and like from Detroit and just from other big, you know, teams that had contracts to get rid of. Uh, you know, to me, it seems like the Devils might be a candidate to, you know, get themselves a good player just because a team has a, you know, really bad contract under their books, you know. I mean, when There's you have, not a lot of them left. I mean, uh, yeah, and, and, and teams are spending a lot more. I think teams are starting to spend more responsibly. But, I mean, heck, I mean, I, I still wouldn't be surprised if Chicago came knocking this offseason to you guys and said, hey, we, you know, we, we got Seabrook here. You know, he's, 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 he, he's pretty much done or close to it. I mean, you know. If LTR, we get, though, so I don't know, like, that's some cap relief right there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, do you think he's truly done? I don't think so. Yeah, that's but the at thing. the same time, though, is that you? Is I don't see Bowman being being that kind of GM to pull it off. If there's one player, there's two players on my radar that could potentially be moved, and they're both going to be hard to move because I'm they both have no trade clause. And that's Louis Erickson out of Vancouver and Kyle Turris out of Nashville. Nashville's been trying to get rid of Turris for a long time, though. Yeah, Which is insane because, I'm, I mean, Shane's, Shane's going to have another opinion. <laughs> but I, th- I think on the right, I think if you move him up to a, to a higher line second, I mean, I don't think he's a first-line candidate, but if you move him to a second line with decent players around him, the guy is, is – more than capable of, of playing a, playing great hockey for that team, and they've they've always pushed him pushed him down below. You know, we, they well, put him on a checking line because he's actually not that good. <laughs> he's benefited from having good players around him. Like his career high end points was his fourth season in Ottawa at sixty four in the fourteen fifteen season, and you know. If I look that up real quick, I guarantee I know exactly who, what kind of players he had around him, and what he was also playing, like second line minutes. Right. And it's just like he's getting paid a, a salary that Ottawa wasn't willing to pay, and I'm happy that we got rid of him. You know, if he, and I think honestly the biggest problem in sports and the reason why money keeps going up is because of agents. Yeah, they seem to be really behind this effort to get salaries up, 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 and up. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, a percentage of it. That's well, why. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I, I read yesterday that the Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys are about to give Dak Prescott thirty-three million dollars per year. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's 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 just it's okay. insane. So, looking at so he was playing top line minutes. The top three, the top five scorers from that year with Ottawa. Carlson at 66 points, Stone at 64, Turris at 64, Ryan at 54, Hoffman at 48, Zibanejad at 46, and then the next closest one was MacArthur at 36. Like, I just – yeah, he's playing top-line minutes because there was really no one else in Ottawa because that's when we traded away. Right. Uh, 
Spezza or when yeah. Ottawa traded away Spezza. But it's like, I don't like Terrace. I think he's overrated now. He was overrated when he was traded to Nashville. You know, he had 42 points his first year. And then it's just been like, he had 23 and 55 and then 30 and 61. I don't know. Benders, you covered Nashville for a while. You think Terrace is overrated? I just think that they don't have a place for him on that team. And I think that's that's his downfall on that team. You put him with a team that, that can leave him in, at one line and he's not getting scratched throughout the season. I think I think he has a I think he I think he's capable. Now, uh Shane's made great points. You know, obviously he got to see him early on in his career and see what, what type of player he was. I think that he's a he's a good fit for Nashville, but the type of players that they have around him right now, they can't find a a fit for him. And right. How can he? How can he get almost like a David Perron? You know how can how can you get any? Oh man, Jesus! Just chemistry. Yeah, thank you. How how can he get chem- chemistry if he's if he's never if he's never having anything to work with as far as like consistency? So, so that's my, my problem. thing. My thing with Turris is he's showing the exact same characteristics in Nashville that he showed when he was with Arizona. Hmm. Him as a person has reg- like his and the way he acts and the way he he presents himself as a player has reverted back to how he was in Phoenix. He's a crybaby. He's a diva. He doesn't get his way. He so he's disengaged. he's playing like a Druan uh, of, yeah. of old time. You know. Yeah. He he's back to the way he was in Phoenix, where he was up and down the lineup, not playing consistently. Because he had an attitude thinking that, you know, he's a third overall pick. He should be given, like, top six minutes no matter. It's the same thing with Pauly and Edmonton. Mm -hmm. Thinking that you deserve something even though you haven't earned it. And that's where we're seeing tourists right now. You know, he he was top six in Ottawa. Cool. You got traded to a team. You played top six. You put up the points. The following year, you regressed hard. I don't know what else you want from the coaches to do. If you're not producing, they're not going to keep you there. Right. You know, this league is based off production and how it's not, it's not about what you did for me last year. It's about what are you doing for me now? And if you're not helping me now, we're well, not giving you the minutes. That's just stupid coaching. That's fair. I mean, they get played to win. So yeah, that, like, that's fair. Just, so for me, I have no sympathy for him. If like his agent <laughs> just, his agent screwed him out of a perfect situation in Ottawa. And I think it's the same situation with Pajot. It's the same situation with Stone. And it's the same situation with Carlson. They got screwed by their agents out of a good situation in Ottawa. Right. They had it good in Ottawa. But because their agents were like, okay, but you can make this and be in a, a better situation or, well, like a better situation, you know, you can compete, mm-hmm. quote unquote, compete. Or you can stay here, get a little bit less money, and you know, kind of be the laughing stock of the league because of the owner. Well, they're gonna go for the money, right? They're, and the, yeah. guess what? The agents get a bigger payday because they get a percentage of that. So even if the player was willing to sign, you know, a five-year deal in Ottawa, at a five uh, a five-year five million dollar deal in Ottawa, but a team is willing to give him seven years at seven million. That $2 million raise means that there's more money in the agent's pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's like agents are the worst thing to happen in sports. 
<laughs> I I really can I can I have no argument against that really. No, uh, and I mean the the last thing I want to say is like um, this this sport in particular deserves you know these guys deserve the money. Um, you know, there's there's like basketball teams playing like paying out of the ass for these for these players, and and granted they are athletes as well. But uh, this is more of a physical game, and they and they definitely deserve more money than they make. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like these, with these, like like Shane saying, with the uh, with the agents making all this money, you know, how how much more expensive is this game going to become if uh, if they start digging into the pockets even more? You know, like I got it. You know, my my thinking is on this situation. You know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, no matter how much money you make. Right. That's true. You know, I've, I've in radio, I've, I worked at one place where I made the most money in my career by far. You know, I, you know, actually almost tripled the salary that I was making before. Uh, And this particular place, I was every single day was miserable just because it, I mean, there, we, the guy that ran the station, he quit right after I got there. Then his replacement quit right after he started. And then it was just like, it, it was, it was just, sometimes you, you end up going into a bad situation and all the money in the world, you know, does nothing when you're going into work every day and, and, you, hate it. It, it, and you hate it and you, and you find it even hard to just do your job, 100%. you know, it, it just, you it, it just, Exactly. And it's just like, but it's like, even still though, I can kind of, you know, and I know Shane, you're not going to like this, but I can kind of see where tourists is coming from. You know, I mean, yeah, he, he did, he did leave for greener pastures, if you will. And now he's kind of paying the price for it, you know, because now he's buried in the lineup. He's in a situation he doesn't want to be in, but at the same time, he comes with so much baggage, you know, including his own contract that, uh, I don't know. He may have to, you know, continue enjoying that Tennessee barbecue for the next few years, you know, whether he likes it or not. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I definitely feel like Dezingle's another player. It's, you know, his agent told him that he can get six mil on the open market and he got like a two year, you know, just over $6 million total deal. Yeah. With Carolina. And he's been scratched multiple times this year. Yeah. Another guy was like Pat Maroon. You know, I mean, he mm-hmm. was uh, he was a hometown hero in St. Louis. And I think he obviously wanted to come back this offseason. But, you know, he just there, there wasn't a spot for him. And I think his agent, you know, told him that, oh, well, he, you can get a multi-year deal with someone for, you know, at least, you know, you know a couple mil. You know, that's that's no problem. Just, you know, just sit tight, be patient. I'll take care of you. And he ends up signing a deal with Tampa for, you know, one year at, you know, 900 K, you know, granted, I mean, he's playing on a very damn good hockey team and he seems to be liking it down there, but it's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's another case, you know, where, where an agent comes in and sweet talks a player and, you know, maybe he passes up one year opportunities to make a decent buck for, you know, a halfway decent team. And he ends up, you know, leaving money on the table. You know, yeah. just it's it just yeah. I, I get the feeling that happens more often than 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 we're we're let on. I was a little more surprised that uh, that he wasn't able to stay around St. Louis, uh, considering with his son being there. Uh, I thought that 
you know, you could see Pamarun maybe taking a little less money to, to stay around somewhere closer. Um, yeah, yeah, there wasn't – but with the Blues, there wasn't an offer because, right. I mean, he had – he even though he did score that you know goal against Dallas, which I'll I'll never forget for the rest of my <laughs> life, you know the you know the double OT winner. I mean, he was effectively a fourth line guy for the Blues. Mm-hmm. I mean, he I mean I think they expected more out of him. I mean, of course, you know everyone when you think of Pat Maroon, you think of that one twenty seven goal year that he had, you know, playing next to McDavid. I mean, Benders could probably get twenty goals playing next to McDavid. So I mean, it's you know, no chance. <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly right. You know. Um, so, but it, it it was just a situation where yeah, he just didn't have a spot, and um, I I am kind of surprised he 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 didn't find a place closer to home. Although, I think the part of the rationale of signing with Tampa is they're probably going to compete for another cup. You know, I mean, I mean, yes, it's Tampa. I mean, they did choke last year in the playoffs, but uh, that's still a frightening. That's, I think Bobrovsky stole Columbus the series. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's well, yeah, and and letting left left Tampa holding the bag, um, but no, I I I think I think Tampa is going to be a forces playoffs. So I wouldn't be. In fact, actually, if you had to put a gun to my head, I would probably predict a Blues Lightning final. The, hmm. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Vegas again. I think it's going to be like in the conference final. It's going to be Vegas versus St. Louis. I can see that. And Philly against. Honestly, it's a toss up between Tampa and Boston. I'm going to have to say Tampa, but uh, you know Boston was there last year, so I definitely think like it's going to be. There's definitely a chance that. It's a rematch of last year. It's hard for me to predict Boston to go deep in anything just simply because I don't like them at all. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and I hope, you know, as I said in our Slack chat the other day, I hope it ends up being at some point in the playoffs, Washington versus Boston, and Tom Wilson ends up throwing Brad Marchand into the sun. Yeah, see, I think <laughs> Philly should like, – I was in the, in the Metropolitan uh, – episode that we did for patreon uh i mean i talked about how i think philly is a team to beat in in the metro especially if they win the division because yeah. they're like 25 5 and 2 at home it's like they have a ridiculously great home record i think they have the best home record in uh in the east i'm not sure about the west but they definitely have it in the east as sure. the best home record and it's a and Carter Hart is a ridiculous like twenty two and two at home. And, That's crazy. Um, so if they can get into the uh, get the home for the playoffs, I don't think anyone's going to beat them. It's going to be hard. I mean, it's going to be really hard. I mean, and that's and and you hit on something there, Shane. You know, with the fact that I mean, they're so good at home. Uh, compare them to the Blues last year, and actually in the playoffs, they I think were the only Cup team to win the Cup and actually have a 500 or lower record at home. You know, they the Blues did not play that well at home, but where they crushed it was on the road. Yeah. And so it's like you got to either own one or the other, you know, and, and you know, mo- for most teams, you want that home ice advantage. You want that home cooking, you know, and all that stuff. You're the higher seed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's St. Louis came in as what? Like the were they a wild card last year? Did no, they, they come they, in as third they, in the division. They were third in the they're third in the central and they uh, played Winnipeg, who was number two. And then uh, number one 
was was it Colorado? No, Colorado came in at a wild card. Yeah, yeah, Colorado was wild card, so that would have been. I think it was Nashville. Was it Nashville? Uh, I, I, guess, I, I guess what? Yeah, it was Nashville. Yeah, I just Nashville, I, I, Dallas. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was Nashville, and then Winnipeg, <laughs> and then St. Louis, and then your wild cards uh, were uh, Dallas and uh, uh, Colorado. Yeah, and uh, like you know, realistically, if Dallas doesn't win that series against Nashville, St. Louis is on the road the entire playoffs. They yeah, I, I, you know, but it, it's funny how hindsight works because at the time. Nashville scared me more than Dallas, you know, if I, as a blues fan, uh, probably because it's probably because of the road thing, but it's probably because, you know, the, the, the talents there, but I will say this and it's looking, I would say the probability is looking pretty high that either in the first round or second round, the blues are going to encounter Dallas once again. And let me tell you something that series last year that went to seven games and that, then that double, double overtime, overtime. I have PTSD over that shit. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, like, like every time I think of the Dallas stars, I get visions of Ben Bishop and Metallica's one playing in the back of my head, mm. you know, the, the opening guitar riffs just start playing. And it's just like, I all, I, I start getting the shakes, you know, just cause it was, it was, they're a tough team to come up against in the playoffs, the stars, just because they play a very defensive minded, you know, kind of a grinded out kind of a style. And then when Ben Bishop is on fire, I mean, there's no better goalie in the league flat out. Yeah. We just talked about it. um, You know, not, not too long before you came on that uh, if that team can just find an offensive rhythm, uh, their goaltending's, Gonna gonna keep them moving yeah. forward, you know. And 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 a, and a hot goalie means means everything. I mean, I still maintain that if Dallas had ended up winning Game Seven, which would have been a very Blues thing to happen to the St. Louis Blues, just finding a way to lose when they should have won, I, Dallas would have had no issue with San Jose. I mean, no. Martin Martin no. Jones was absolute garbage in that just Swiss Conference cheese. final. To be yes. fair, though, that and, defense was trash. Yes. Well, well like Car- Santa- yeah, Carlson was broken. I mean, for one, I mean, when is he? Burns you know? isn't a defenseman. No, no. and they, 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 they he really needs to go forward. back to he needs to go back to being a, a fucking oh, man, right wing, and he's he's amazing. Him winning the Norris, the bullshit that came out of media's mouths about why he won the Norris is a fucking joke. <laughs> that two years <laughs> where Carl, where where Burns and Doughty won the Norris back to back is a fucking joke. <laughs> like it's a it's a dark it's a black spot on the league because you are a literally contradict yourself two years in a row. You know, do- the, it's the power of the beard, man. Right, Benders? Yeah. No, it ha- it's <laughs> literally the fact that he played in Ottawa <laughs> because when Doughty won it, it was because you know Carlson led the defenseman in points, but Doughty led LA to the playoffs and Ottawa missed it. Mm-hmm. And then when Burns won it, the fucking year after. When Carlson had a better second half and led Ottawa to the playoffs and was second in points, Burns won it because he basically, like, my my belief is the awards, the Norris and the Calder are decided in, in December. By no and no later than the All-Star break. I can see that. I can like, see that. Because cause isn't it, I mean, are, isn't the NHL like the other leagues where it's like the playoffs aren't supposed to matter? No, but getting to the playoffs matter apparently. Yeah. Yes. Even though it shouldn't. 
which is why I've been a big advocate of having a second award uh, for a defenseman as the call it the Bobby Orr award as the league's best offensive defenseman. So you have yeah, the Norris, there you go. There which you go. should be renamed, I think, to the Lindstrom Award. <laughs> yeah. As be the best overall defenseman. Yeah. Which, you know, Carlson, Doughty, and Burns would never be part of. That, right. that would never, they would never win it. In a perfect but, world, which I'm as sorry. we know, which as we know, the NHL is not a perfect world. And I mean, this if is they a, have a friggin' best offensive forward award, they should have a best offensive defenseman. I, I'm so. with you, uh, but this is the same league that you know, oh, yeah. in the David Ayers, uh, you know, Gaga that happened, they immediately decided that their emergency backup rules were flawed and broken. They had to change immediately. Yeah, because only because Tron- they played Toronto. Yeah, because Toronto yeah. got embarrassed. Exactly. Because Toronto is the fucking golden boy. <laughs> exactly. They ride I, Toronto's... Matthews is the most overrated player in the league. And I not because of yeah. his skill. It's the fact that if he played on any other team, he would not be talked about as much. Well, and there and there's a franchise right there that's going to have some issues these next few years because and they you have so it. you have so much money dedicated to Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander that you can barely have a team around them because they command so much of the cap. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a lot of their issues this year. I mean, it looks like they're gonna make the playoffs. I mean, look barely hairy, like hair looked hair, very hairy there for a second. But it's like, you know, the, the, the biggest critique I heard from, you know, hockey fans in the game that David Ayers stole from them was uh, the Leafs don't play as a team. No, they, they're they, all a bunch they, of individuals. Yeah, they play as individuals. Which is yep. why to signing Tavares was the worst fucking thing you could do. But he's the Toronto kid. You know, he, they, he's the big splashy, you know, re, you know hometown hero returning home, yeah, which, you know, which, they, is, which is part of the reason why I'm glad the Blues didn't pay over, overpay Pat Maroon. They play like like when you're when you're a kid playing in like your first or second year of like park league basketball or or baseball more more basketball because it's a it's a team sport it's okay you got this one kid who's like really good so the coach is just like you guys don't know how to play the game yet he does your objective is to get two passes and then give it to him you know that's that's literally toronto move the puck until you can get it to Tavares, Matthews, uh, Marner, you know, that, that's literally how they're playing. Yeah, get it to the star. You know, that's I mm-hmm. played on those basketball teams growing up. Although, oh, I did too. They would put all, your hands up, you know, all, get, get the rebound, send it to Chris. Yeah, that, 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 well, in fact, that was me. In fact, they actually, you know, endeavored to keep the ball out of my hands as much as possible. <laughs> I, was, I was that bad of it. So it's like when they talk about, you know, the, the pass twice, you know, they, I mean, I was never in that sequence. Right. Like a little Stanley Hudson off of the office. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. And, and, and I felt like every time I got the ball and shot, you know, I, I had, you know, coaches screaming at me, what are you doing? What right. are you doing? <laughs> You're not to do that. Oh, it went in. You know, and I was like, oh, yeah, good shot. Good shot. But, yeah, I lasted one season. So I was like, I, I don't want to do this. I'll just play I, it in gym. Like, I think I lasted three and I scored a total of eight points. So, yeah, that was yeah, my no, career. I – I can't stand Toronto because their owner, like Dubis is an idiot. <laughs> like Dubis is sh- this analytic bullshit needs to stop. You can have all you can, Yeah. Possessions possession matters. But if you, let's say you hold the puck for 60% of the game, but your quality of chances is below the opponent. Well, you're not going to win many games like that. No. That's exactly what Toronto's dealing with is that. Yeah. They can hold on to the puck, 
but they can't get many quality chances, and their defense is a fucking sieve, and they give up more quality chances than they create, and that's how they lose games, and that's why they're in the situation they're in. Well, I think the very team that created this whole analytics thing, the Oakland A's, I mean, they're a good example of, of why you still need subjectivity, you know, when it comes to evaluating your own players. I mean, because, I mean, yeah, the Oakland A's, they, they, they got over, you know, just because they were, they were able to find like these deep dive gems that they did, like David Justice and Jeremy Giambi. But you still have to, you know, numbers won't, you know, tell, you know, tell you about the flow of each game you know they won't tell you you know when a pitcher is starting to get fatigued you know you still need eyes you still need to have a feel for the game it's just yeah i worry yeah. about i worry about teams that go too deep into this analytics rabbit hole you know where everything is a number because it's 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 for one i mean it's it's sports aren't about the numbers it's about the game yeah, and the numbers help. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, there are a lot of numbers that can help. But, the, but when th- you there's base, a balance. Yeah, like you know, we saw it with Dallas a couple of years ago when they were just like gun ho. When they had Le- uh, Lenton in and Niemi in net, they're like, okay, we'll just try out scoring players, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. scoring teams. It doesn't work like that. You can't pay three guys almost thirty-four million dollars and expect to win a game. There is yeah. like. Even, you know, paying Taves and Kane like that 10.5 each was smart. I, I'm okay with that. You got three cups out of it. But there's not a single team out there that has two guys, more than two guys making 10 million plus a year no. having success. No, they're, they're, they're flat out of this. And I mean, yeah, I, I'm okay with, you know, the Blackhawks paying, you know, Taves and Kane what they're paying because they're basically their modern version of Makita and Hull. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's that that's fine. They're the face of the franchise. They won um, three cups. Exactly, and they but got the money's worth. Exactly, and which is which is why I tell some Blues fans here in St. Louis is like, you know, people that get worried about what you know the Blues pay out to you know guys like Braden Shen, you know, paying him you know the full eight years. It's like you know, banners are forever. They they they'll stay in your arena forever. You can look upon them and know that uh, your your team went there. Um, you know, so of course, you know you you want to keep that team together as much as possible. So you're gonna overpay for some players just to keep that team you know together. Whether it's even both. though Shen is like a top six forward with St. Louis, he is. But but it's but an eight year deal for a guy that's already. Uh, 28 years old, you know, that's, that's, that, that, that carries a little bit of risk, you oh, know, yeah. with the two, but it's like, but, 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 and, and a lot of people flipped out over it, but it's like, and the blues might have to give out an eight year deal to Petrangelo, who's going to be, you know, approaching 30, you know, so I'm okay if they do that because he's a great player. He'll probably still be a solid player for most of his contract. And, oh, yeah, he was the captain when your team won the Stanley Cup. That thing hanging in the rafters. You see that thing, that big cup thing? Yeah, that's kind of nice. Uh, so I, I'm fine with it, really. It's, well, it's, it's, you know, that kind of tactic worked well for Chicago. It worked well for Detroit. I mean, yeah, the, the, you're going to have some lean years afterwards. But, you know. Stanley Cups don't come around every year. But, like, there's definitely certain – and you know what? It's why, for Ottawa's case, I'm so happy that they didn't decide to go – why they didn't decide to spend, like, $30 million on three players. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's like if, if you're Ottawa, I mean, you might be a little – 
gun shy just because you know the, the one of the last big contracts he gave out was Bobby Ryan, which realistically has worked out fine, all things considered. Because like he was producing at a really good rate, and then shit happened. Well, shit happened, and where his decline started to when that stuff happened, it all lines up. So it's kind of hard now to look at you know well yeah you, you don't plan for personal demons coming up like like bobby ryan's did yeah. yeah and i think that's the problem with bobby ryan's contract is that like now there's context to to his last three years of hockey um and now you have to look at it you have to look at his production as a great like with a grain of salt with his contract unfortunately yeah i will yeah. say his his comeback story is one of the one of the better ones in hockey I've seen in, in recent years. I mean, coming back on the first game and scoring a hat trick, that's just that was that's a good amazing. One. That was good shit. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. But I just – I'm at the point where this analytic thing is taking over and teams are going to start falling into the same mistakes and the same issues that Toronto's falling into. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's troubling. I mean, it's analytics are a good piece of of your talent evaluation, but they're not the full on answer. Oh yeah, and you know, I hate the whole argument that offense outweighs defense. You know, I've been a big, you know, not even supporter, but I've been a big talker about how Shabbat has been horrendous defensively, and. He just has, like Carlson, like Makar, like a lot of these guys, they just have the offense to make up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, I personally, like, since when has offense been able, been used as an offset for shitty defense? Like, when was it when the elite defenseman could do both? Like, where, where did that break off when, you know, Nicholas Lindstrom and Scott Niedermeyer and Pronger – and even Bowmeister, realistically, like a prime Bowmeister with Florida or Calgary, where they were these very good defensive defensemen, but also offensive defensemen who can move the puck up front and create offense, where those guys were considered the elite defensemen. And that if you lacked in, in the in, defensive in, side, because yeah. that was your main focus, you no matter how much offense you put up, you were still considered – a mediocre defenseman mm-hmm. basically like a phil housley you know where housley was a great offensive defenseman but he was a swinging saloon door on defense yeah you know like, so i mean so he, he he can never ever be considered a great defenseman he just he, he was just fine but you had to pair a defensive guy with him otherwise you were screwed right yeah and i mean to be fair like if you look at the pairings of those guys they generally had uh, a defensive a more defensive minded guy with them. I mean, Lindstrom had Cornwall and then you had Stevens and Niedermeyer and then you had Pronger and Niedermeyer and Anaheim. So you did have that like offensive mind with a defensive mind. But... Even, to, even to agree, even to a degree Pronger and McInnes. Yeah. You know, I mean, because McInnes was definitely the more offensive of the two, although Pronger wasn't a slouch. No, um, I mean, yeah. Pronger is your definition of a solid two-way defenseman. Yes. You know, if you look at, you know, what you want to – if you're a defenseman and you want to know what being a solid two-way guy is, Pronger's the guy you look at. Yeah. 
and then you, and then you, I mean, he he was he was very good offensively. He, I mean, he was, I mean, I would say he was good offensively, very good defensively, very nasty. Uh, but the guy, the guy could do anything he wanted out there on the ice. He was he, so he was very smart. He was incredibly a, like, on the ice. He was a very smart man. He was a very yeah. smart hockey player and and physically imposing. I mean, oh, I mean, six six foot six. I mean, I I see him up in the Blues press box every now and then because he still he, he still lives in St. Louis, and um, he he just he just like I mean, he's a nice guy. He wears glasses. He's like a you know. Well, that's because look eye thing. He, but, but but like if you look at if you look at his face and you like you like hear him talk, you know, he's he's a pretty intelligent guy. But I mean, then you look below the neck and you know you're looking at Sasquatch. Right. You know, I mean, the, the, the guy is just, just big. Yeah, and it's like, where where did that break off? Did that break off with, like, when Sheldon Surrey came into the league? Because I remember how bad, like horrible he was defensively. Well, and then – well, I think that caught up to him eventually. I mean, you know, the guy spent a few years in the AHL. Just <laughs> yeah, because his offense drilled, like – yeah dried up on him like out of nowhere he got hurt I, a couple of times and it just dried up on him i i think it's more of just a you know i, I maybe, maybe it's a development thing you know where a coach identifies that a player has this great offensive talent uh, but he can you know still move the puck and you know basically command the blue line if you will and maybe instead of you know trying to build up his defense as well they just accentuate his positives, you know, and that is his positives are that he's an offensive minded guy. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, you look at a guy that may be more of a defensive minded guy growing up and a kid growing up and you just decide, you know what, forget passing drills, forget shooting drills, just forget it. We're just going to make him a stay at home defenseman. And Which he never horrible. Yeah. It, if, it's that's not your, if that's your mind in development, you should get into the league. Yeah, and it's it's like and and some players just get typecast like that. Like I read uh, John Scott's biography, and he was a guy that uh, growing up, you know, he you know did a little bit of everything for his youth team, but then as soon as he got to Michigan Tech, they took one look at him and said, "Okay, you're going to be a goon. Yeah. You're going to be an enforcer. You're six foot eight. You're like two hundred fifty pounds. You need to start fighting." And you need to start laying the body. And he had to grow into that. I mean, he wasn't a naturally, you know, he didn't naturally have that enforcer's type of a mindset. But it's just, it, it's sometimes, you know, when you're in the youth, in the youth level, you just get typecast like that. And, you know, and, and a coach that, you know, looks at you one way, decides you can only be one dimensional. That's, that's not good. No, and I mean, that's, it's frustrating. And I think, you know, those are the coaches that don't win. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I feel like a good coach can make any player better, can take any player from any role and elevate their game and elevate their role. Definitely. And I think, you know, I just – I don't know. I feel like for for pl- certain players that if you get put into a bad situation, it can ruin your career. Yeah, I mean, imagine like just to go off what you guys are saying. It's like imagine, imagine growing up and and you're you're playing one certain way, and then a coach, you know, like you guys said, changes your role. Well, that really stops your development in, into what you've been, you know, what you've been. Your play style is no longer. It doesn't matter how good you are and how how much time you spent becoming this certain type of player with this style. 
Now you got a coach who is literally stifling you into playing, you know, what he, he what he perceives to be your well, your way. So if you're if you're getting forced into the goon role, are you really, you know, are you are you really uh any better? No, I, I truthfully I think you're getting you're getting used by a coach that that demands you to play one way. And if you don't, there goes your chance, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, you know, another example I can give you is a guy named John Cordick, who was this absolutely just, you know, honey badger enforcer type in the late eighties and uh, like the first couple of years of the nineties. And he was a kid that was actually talented growing, you know, growing up in the juniors, you know, he actually was considered a guy that has some ability, but, you know, I think it took him like one or two fights where he just like beat the, you know, ever loving shit out of a guy. And then, you know, the coaches decided, you know what, your future, if you want to be in the NHL, I mean, you could make the NHL with your skill set, but you need to be a fighter. You need to be an enforcer. And uh, uh, John Cordick is an interesting guy if you ever look him up. I mean, he's uh, – uh, he was basically your when – you, when you think of a coked-out goon, you know, that's pretty much John Cordick. I think the, the thing is, is that, you know, you want versatile players, right? You want players who can hit, who can pass, who can – like, you want all that. But there's also players that, you know, just can't. And what do you do with those players? Do their pos- like do their negatives outweigh their positives? Probably not. You know, I think there's a lot of stars like that in the league that they're very one-dimensional and they're easy to shut down. And it's how you use those and how you strategize if those are your players, how to mask their, their problems. Cause personally, I think Matthews is very one dimensional. He's a goal scorer. He, but he can't, he can't win puck battles in corners on a consistent basis. He's not going to lay the body out. He's not very aggressive defensively, but he can score, you know, he can be a, a, a regular 50 goal scorer in the league, but how do you, maximize that while masking his deficiencies that's fair well boys man this is this has been a long one (laughs) um but man i mean good ones we yeah we covered some really great really great topics in this and uh it's so funny to go into an episode and just be like yeah we're just going to cover you know the previous game and and then we get into a really a really great discussion um, yeah, I can't even begin to tell you how many interviews I've done here on the Hockey Podcast Network where it's been like, okay, we're going to cover the game, you know, we're going to break down the periods and things like that, and then we, like, start talking about the game and it just evolves into a bigger com- conversation, you know. All the time. Some, sometimes, it's, sometimes it's bigger than the game, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I had to – when I told you guys, excuse me for a second, I had to go run and get my credit card because I've been gambling with, uh, with the Zoom – uh, and finally, they uh, after after going past uh, the forty five minute mark, you know, just about the second half of the season, they were finally like, "You got ten minutes left." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, I, I got I to go take care of this. So I had to go that run and get a credit sold. card, and here I am, you know, typing everything in, trying to beat the ten minute mark, so we don't, you know, we don't lose any uh, <laughs> any footage. But you know, uh, that that I mean, that's just what happens. You know, we we get into these great conversations and. Uh, you know, definitely this one has been absolutely fun. Yeah, you know, and speaking of beating the clock, I mean, we still got about a month to go with on our uh, Tankathon contest. 
Uh, you know, with uh, with cool hockey where, you know, you run a sim on a Tankathon, you take a screenshot, you uh, tweet it out, follow cool hockey, follow Tankathon, follow uh, Hockey Podcast Network, and you can win yourself 200 bucks towards a jersey. I mean, I'm sure there's a, probably a 200-hour jersey that you've got your eye on, you know, vendors, not not including this this New Orleans brass jersey that you're, that you're Googling right now. Oh yeah, my my wife has already put put a stop on it. She's like, until we move into the new spot, I don't want you buying any more jerseys, <laughs> which is fair, you know. But yeah. she understood. She she knows how long I've been looking for for a brass jersey. Um, and uh, it just it just happened to come my way. But uh, but truthfully, if 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 I'm the if I'm the listener and I do end up winning, um, Shane made yeah, a point ourselves, <laughs> right? Just, just uh, Shane Ryan, you know, <laughs> just enter yourself and win it. Uh. But uh, Shane pointed out that, you know, they do have these mystery boxes. And in the mystery box, you have a chance at winning a $1,000 card. So maybe maybe taking that, you know, that, that Vegas, you know, gambling spree, maybe maybe putting it towards that. Yeah, it's a random jersey. You could get a signed jersey. You could get a jersey you don't want. Christmas is coming back around the corner, you know. So you know, that's a ways away, but, you know, yeah, let's but I get mean, – Let's get through spring first, okay? We have spring and summer. <laughs> We're just a... getting out of winter. The last thing I want to think about is Christmas. Well, I'm sorry, Canada. Days. I don't. I don't have like cold weather. You know, like I'm stuck in the heat and it's nasty. <laughs> so like all I can look forward to is is when it starts to get a breeze back down here. Yeah, but, see, um, you know, we have we have holidays in between there. You know, we have St. Patty's Day coming up. Yeah, but we're not we gifting Canada a uh, jersey. Let's <laughs> okay. Day. We got Canada Day coming up or President <laughs> or what, July 4th for you guys. We got Labor Day. And then you forgot Turkey. You forgot Thanksgiving and then Halloween. And then for you guys, Thanksgiving, because you guys are weird and have Thanksgiving in November because I don't, I don't know why. And then it's Christmas. It's all about the. I, I could I could spend another half hour talking about the pilgrims and the Indians and you know why we have Thanksgiving the when when we do. But uh, I just I just can't help but think you know sit here and imagine you know benders at St. Patty's Day going up to a guy and like being like, hey, top of the morning to you. Here's a Palmieri jersey, courtesy of Cool Hockey. <laughs> You know that's that that's that, that's that pretty that's fun. pretty unlikely. Although you know, I mean that'd be that'd be a, that'd be a hell of a thing, and I want to be. Hey, man, it might be their birthday on St. Patty's Day. You never know who he knows. Okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah. There's there's options, you know. And I always say Christmas <laughs> could is be around his a corner. Brother, could be his cousin, his in-law. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never you know. Your best Boys. bud. <laughs> Boys it's been an absolute treat. Uh, you know, uh, definitely went a lot longer than expected, uh, but that that's just how it is with when we get into this. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll say our final thoughts, and uh, we'll let Tom go first. Uh, Tom, is there anything you'd like to say before you leave? And uh, go ahead and plug your, your social media handles and where, where the listeners can find your podcast. Well, you can find me at Blue Notes Pod as well as at Tom Franklin KMOX. I have a new co-host on Thursdays, a guy named Wags, who I've uh, – known over the years and uh actually went up to chicago last month and broadcasted some hockey with him and uh he's now aboard on thursdays and uh final thoughts i mean you know the devils they give the devils their due they ended up winning four to two on friday uh you know catching the blues at a uh, down moment and uh we'll see if that affects uh the lafreniere sweepstakes for you guys uh I don't think it'll affect the Blues too much going into the playoffs. And, uh, and you know, I, I think other forces are going to determine how far the Blues go this year. 
Um, so, but yeah, just, just, I'll give you guys stick taps for again, the win on Friday, uh, smashing a eight game win streak to bits and, uh, uh, yeah, just best of luck to you guys. All right, Tom, man, it's, it's always a pleasure, uh, talking to you. This is, uh, we got 13 games left and unfortunately we do not play the, uh, we do not play the blues again. So it's probably our last time talking as far as, uh, my our team versus your team but uh man it's always a pleasure to talk uh shane uh why don't you why don't you plug it away real quick uh so you guys can find me on shane underscore ryan 97 and that's where you you should take a look at where all my summer stuff is going to be because i'm gonna have a busy summer that's where you should find me there uh for all hockey related stuff uh frozen biscuit 92 as always and yeah i mean last thoughts is again we have like just over a month left it's going to be an interesting one uh, all I got to say is we just got to keep losing. <laughs> keep on losing. Keep on losing. Keep on riding the losing train. Lose. Lose. Yeah. lose. You know that whole Dory, Dory thing of just like keep on swimming. Keep, just keep on losing. Keep on losing. Yeah. Dairy ears for Lafreniere. Yeah. <laughs> losing yeah. for life. Yes. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, it's been a pleasure as always. You know, uh, we, we really want you guys to check out other podcasts other than just the the devil's advocates. There's a lot of great guys out here, but uh, we, we thank you for your time and listening to us. Um, you could find me at Bayou Benders on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, if you guys like what you heard, please uh, rate us on uh, Apple. Uh, what is it? Apple podcast. Give us a five star yep. rating. And uh, if you, if you like what you heard, uh, leave a comment. You know, we, we love talking to fans on Twitter and uh uh, truthfully, you could find me on Facebook and Instagram if you'd like to talk. I uh, love talking hockey, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, boys, you guys have a great night. Uh, let's go Devils for Tom. Great, Good luck in the playoffs. Uh, definitely, if you if you do run into Dallas, uh, just make sure they're not – if they go back to playing the, the Pantera puck, puck You song, I think you guys are in trouble. Uh, yeah. if, you, if they stay away from that, you know, you, they, they won't have the bump. That's all I'm saying. Just say the words Dallas and playoffs, and I, I get the shivers. So that's – Go Dallas. Yeah, I, I'm already there. <laughs> I'm already there. Let's go Dallas. Oh, geez. All right, guys. You guys have a great night and uh, a great start to your week. We'll see you all soon. Peace out, guys. Go Dallas. listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey pod net new episodes every monday and thursday download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from <laughs>